Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Today is May 20th, and we're going to talk about a famous gram-negative organism that caused typhoid fever. I'm talking about Salmonella onterica. Salmonella. Salmonella? Oh, whatever. Salmonellosis is often fecal-oral and transmitted through the consumption of a huge variety of food, including eggs, undercooked chicken, pies, raw milk, seafood, mayonnaise, and cream. Exposure to carrier animals like reptiles, hedgehogs, chickens, and armadillos. Also, fecal-oral sexual contact. I'm just, uh, I'm just leaving that there. Salmonella species are famous for causing typhoid fever and being the cause for the infamy of typhoid Mary. It's a misnomer now because we call the presentation onteric fever, which can be caused by two different serovars, Salmonella onterica typhi or Salmonella onterica paratyphi. Onteric fever is caused by Salmonella species, which will present with a fever, constipation or diarrhea, abdominal pain, headache, relative bradycardia, and about 25% of patients will develop a macular rash that starts around the belly and spreads outward to the limbs. This rash is often caused, called rose-colored spots. To diagnose onteric fever, cultures should be taken. Fecal samples are not helpful until late in the disease, so it's actually better to do a bone marrow aspirate and culture the aspirate. You can also take a skin snipping of the spots and culture those if the patient has one. Non-typhoidal salmonellosis is the most common cause of foodborne illness and mortality in the world. It is also the leading cause of bacterial diarrhea in the world. It is caused by Salmonella onterica, but not the typhi or paratyphi serovars. Symptoms are going to occur 6 to 72 hours after consumption. Symptoms can include watery diarrhea, abdominal cramping, nausea, and vomiting that last 3 to 7 days. Dissemination can cause infections of the heart. This bacterium typically first encounters the GI tract and forces the M cells within the Peyer's patches to endocytose the bacteria straight into the concentration of immune cells, which at first sounds like a dumb move, except that Salmonella species then infect macrophages and are then take them for a ride all over the body. This is how those rose-colored spots first occurred during the onteric fevers. The macrophages in the gut first slide into the skin right around the gut and start infecting the skin cells around them. Salmonella species is an encapsulated organism and therefore it can cause more infections in patients without a spleen or with a dysfunctional spleen. This is why it's more often a cause of osteomyelitis in patients with sickle cell disease, since their spleens are typically not at 100% functional. Salmonella species can hop into macrophages in the gut and then travel into the bone marrow and trigger this infection. Asymptomatic carriers might harbor this organism in their gallbladder, causing the formation of gallstones. They might have recurrent bouts of gastroenteritis because of the infection of the gallbladder, continually dumping more organisms into the gut.
Treatment is usually supportive, as the infection will resolve on its own in about a week. Inappropriate antibiotic treatment could induce the carrier state in individuals and promote the creation of a multidrug-resistant organism, so antibiotic treatment is usually reserved for really severe cases. If needed, ciprofloxacin can be used. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards. A 29-year-old male presents to the emergency room in the U.S. with a two-week history of severe frontal headache, nausea, intermittent vomiting, watery diarrhea, and fever. Vital signs reveal a temperature of 106, heart rate was 90, and blood pressure was 115 over 70. He is a law student from Germany who started school two months ago. Physical examination reveals a dehydrated male who is alert and oriented. Koenig and Brzezinski signs were negative. Laboratory studies reveal thrombocytopenia, elevated AST-ALT levels, and elevated C-reactive protein levels. Gross examination of the stool revealed a watery brown mixture. Stool samples were negative for the presence of ova, but revealed the presence of black colonies on SS auger. Antibody ELISAs for HIV, malaria, hepatitis C virus were all negative. What is the most likely diagnosis? Is it A, typhoid fever, B, enteric fever, C, non-typhoidal fever, or D, carrier, carrier of Salmonella enterica? First, diagnose the patient. This patient presented with nausea, vomiting, headache, high-grade fever, and brown watery diarrhea two weeks after traveling to a new area from Germany to the U.S. Koenig and Brzezinski signs were negative, which is helpful for ruling out meningitis, which you might have suspected with the fever and severe headache. The headache is the most likely caused by the fever and dehydration, though. Stool samples did show that this isn't a helminth infection, and he is negative for HIV, malaria, and hepatitis C. The Salmonella Shigella, or SS auger, is a great way to help differentiate between Salmonella and Shigella species infections. It contains bile salts, which prevent gram-positive gram organism growth, thiosulfate for the organisms that can reduce sulfur, ferric citrate, which helps you visualize the reduction of sulfur, and neutral red, which turns red when the pH becomes acidic, like during fermentation. Salmonella species colonies will grow like black colonies because of the reduction of sulfur. Shigella species will grow on this plate, but will be colorless. Any other organisms like E. coli that are plated on this auger will ferment the lactose, causing the bacteria to form pink-red colonies. Choice A, typhoid fever would most likely present with green pea-like diarrhea, headache, and on the boards, it will most likely present with the red macular rash that starts around the belly button and spreads to the limbs. Side note, stool samples are nearly always worthless for diagnosing typhoid fever and bone marrow aspirates are typically preferred. Choice B, enteric fever is a more appropriate term for what we used to call typhoid fever and paratyphoid fever. They present the same, just caused by different organisms. So we now call the presentation enteric fever, fever until we know more. Choice C, non-typhoidal fevers, is typically a self-limiting diarrheal disease that occurs in travelers. 
This is because they are most likely coming into contact with cerevars of Salmonella species that they don't have an immunity against. Just like our patient coming from Germany to the US, new cerevars, new poop disease. This typically doesn't present with any rashes or green poop. It is also the leading cause of foodborne illness and bacterial diarrhea in the world. Choice D, this patient is not likely a carrier of Salmonella onterica because they might present with no symptoms at all or they could present with the symptoms of cholecystitis, right upper quadrant pain, especially after meals. Therefore, the correct answer is C, non-typhoidal fever. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, and it would be a big help for us if you could submit a review. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow. Salmonella species colonies will grow whack colonies. Ugh.